God's good, amen? Praise the Lord. We have uh, uh, been working through a series, uh, started uh, beginning of the year on identity, about knowing uh, really what the Spirit of God gave as a mandate on us stirring within ourselves um, to begin to identify with our true identity is really how he brought it to me, identifying with our true identity. And uh, so that's what we, we've been kind of diving into and, and uh, every week kind of coming at it from different angles and we're definitely not done with it yet and uh, we'll stick with it as long as he wants us to. That's kind of how we do things around here. Uh, but every, every week we dive into a different area and like I said, come at it from a different angle. So uh, what we've been talking about, uh, you know, bringing out pretty much at the beginning of each service is that there's three things that you got to know. You got to know it. Amen. You got to know who your God is. You got to know who your enemy is, and you got to know who you are. See, that'll answer the majority of life's questions if you know those things. Amen. And uh, you know, pretty much everything else is, you know, spins off of that. You know, if you know who your God is, amen, you're not going to be, uh, you know, straining at everything. Come on, somebody. If you know who your enemy is, you're not going to be blaming God for things. You got no business blaming God for. Come on. Sometimes if you just know your enemy, it's amazing how many things you can take care of right away because you already know who your enemy is. You're not warring with something and fighting with something, amen. And you got to know who you are, and that's, of course, mostly what we're focusing on through this series is finding out who we are, praise God. If you know who you are, then you're not going to be looking to God to do something that you're called to do. Right. A lot of people do that. A lot of people waste their time wondering why God is not doing what he should be doing when all along you've got authority and dominion in your own life, amen, to take authority over things, to walk in dominion, praise God, and to step up to who you are as a child of God. Amen. And not cope with life, but conquer. Huh. Look at your neighbor and say, I think we need a little more huh in your life. That's the truth. Amen. A lot of people are sitting here all sad and upset when all along, man, just step up. Let's do it. Move forward. Take ground. Amen. So what we... Um, well, we've talked about um, some key things. Uh, maybe I'll throw this out here before we dive into today's deal. Um, that ignorance is a, is a problem. If you don't know these things, it's an, it's an open door for the enemy. Whatever you don't know becomes an open door for the enemy. The word's real clear. God said, my people, my people, he says, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If they don't know some things, then they become, end up destroyed. The enemy sneaks in there and, and destroys, Hosea brings out. Uh, Isaiah brings the same thing out, says this. That he says that my people are taken captive because of a lack of knowing. Are you with me? And uh, the Ephesians chapter 4 talks about how the church, if the church walks in a place of ignorance as the world does, then you can't be upset when the enemy comes in and keeps taking everything. Are you still with me? You got to stand your ground and who you are. You got to know some things. Amen. Get your mind renewed to the right things, who your God is, who your enemy is, and who you are. Praise God. Now, what we talked about last week is talked about a thing called revelation, about God wants to reveal things to you. In fact, as ignorance is a doorway for the enemy, revelation is a doorway for God. Amen. If you will let God reveal things, literally means to pull back and to bring into view or to pull back and bring into the light. God wants to reveal things to you. Now, the only way you're going to have the things of the Word revealed to you is, is if you, you know, you got to spend some time in that Word. 
Try this side. You got to spend some time in that word. Amen. You got you to gotta have your nose in that book once in a while, and you got to begin to find out these things, who your God is, who your enemy is, who you are, praise God. And not only that, you got to believe what it says. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to believe it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let's, uh, let's do this. Um, let's go to Judges. Uh, chapter 6, it's a text we used briefly in a couple weeks ago, and we're just going to kind of read through it and then uh, move on to what we have for you today. But I'm going to start with this guy named Gideon again. We touched on him, like I said, a couple weeks back, I don't know, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Um, and it says uh, that the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And, of course, remember where he is now. He's hiding in a, a wine press threshing wheat, which how many know that isn't what you do in a wine press? But he's hiding, the scripture says, all right? So all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, who is he? Come on now. And he said, Well, his name's Gideon. Yeah, his name's Gideon, but who is he? He's a mighty man of valor. That's it. Done. In the story. Well, now, wait a minute. No, no. Done. In the story. Amen. If God says you're a mighty man of valor or a mighty woman of valor, guess what? That's who you are. You got to receive that. Well, how I many know he didn't receive it right away, did he? He didn't receive it right away. So what happened here? Well, Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, all of a sudden he's got all kinds of things he's rehearsed here. Why then has all these things happened to us? And where are all the miracles that our fathers told us about? Did, the, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, how many know that's not true? God's still doing things. Come on, somebody. And to be honest, they, they kind of turned themselves over to the Midianites. Now, I, I'm just going to, for whatever it's worth, uh, we all have ites in our life. Midianites, Gideonites, I mean, all kinds of ites. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got all kinds of things, you know, things that, that come against us and war against us all the time. And it's no different than the children of Israel here. You know, what, what happened one year, the Midianites come flying over the hill, and they took, you know, they, there was a battle that went on. They tried to take their crops, and they probably fought back, and maybe they had some casualties. Maybe some things didn't quite go right. Maybe they lost a loved one or two. I mean, I don't know. But, uh, you know, the next year, here come the Midianites again, and maybe they tried to fight again or something. But, but pretty soon, they just kind of started just kind of collecting all, uh, you know, all they could and, and tried to protect what they could. And, and little by little by little by little by little, the enemy just kept coming, kept taking, and pretty soon we're not fighting anymore. All we're doing is hiding in wine presses. Come on, somebody. Threshing whatever wheat we can because we're coping with life. Got a lot of Christians hiding in a wine press. Hello, somebody. Just coping with life. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. Okay, this happened and that happened. Listen, we're not, we're not making light of it. We're not even denying that you uh, had your back against a wall or maybe you had to war with something or something happened that shouldn't have happened. Maybe you were faced with something that nobody should have been faced with, but it happened. Well, what do you do? You still stand up in who your God is, who your enemy is, and who you are, praise God. You don't lose sight of it. Or pretty soon you're fighting the wrong things. Pretty soon you're backing up. Pretty soon you're quitting. Pretty soon you're just coping with life as a Christian. 
saying, Lord Jesus, come please, hurry, get me out of this mess. Now, how many know that ain't how you live as a Christian? Come on, somebody. So that's exactly what happened with Gideon, all right? I mean, well, it wasn't just Gideon. They all did that. But anyway, uh, verse uh, 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. Well, obviously, uh, it must be there. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord. It's, just, it's like he just can't get it. How can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I'm kind of glad that the Lord didn't listen to him. Amen. And uh, to be honest, he's probably glad he didn't, uh, didn't either. Because down the road, guess what? Gideon got a hold of it. Praise the Lord. And guess what? He became exactly what God said he was, a mighty man of valor. He goes down in history as a warrior. Okay? But it, we don't, in the beginning of this, it doesn't look like much of a warrior. But he was a warrior. God saw who he was, who he was made to be. God saw you and sees you who you're made to be. Amen. You're designed, amen, with purpose. Hallelujah. You've been engineered for success. Praise God. Hallelujah. You got the greater one on the inside. You're more than a conqueror. You're a world overcomer. You've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. Hallelujah. You've been purchased with a price. Hallelujah. You're the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. We can go on and on about who you are as a child of God. You got to believe it. Amen. Otherwise, we're just coping with life and letting the Midianites come over the hill every day or every other year or whatever it is and taking everything we got. Well, enough's enough. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, enough is enough. Oh, yeah. Well, praise the Lord. So I've been talking about, you know, of not walking in ignorance, but instead walking in a place of revelation. You know, if you will, if you can see things, um, that maybe the normal person isn't seeing, you can have things a normal person will never have. You know, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. See, the thing is, God's trying to connect you with something, and so He needs your agreement for this to work. Because you can go all day long and say, ain't never going to happen, and guess what? It won't happen. Somebody said, well, I didn't like to hear that. Well, you may not like it, you may not want it, but listen, if you want the dog, stop calling the cat. If you want success and you want victory, stop talking defeat. Because he has to, he needs your agreement for these things to manifest. Are you still with me? Okay, so today we're going to talk about, uh, I titled it, uh, uh, identity theft. Anybody ever had their identity taken? I've had it happen one time. And uh, it's not fun because it's a lot of work to all that kind of mess. And that probably the thing that hurts the most or the thing that upsets you the most is you feel violated. Yeah. If I could have put my paw around his neck. I'd... Nobody likes that kind of mess. You ever had something stolen? had something stolen, violated, yuck, nobody likes it, amen, well the enemy's coming, 
And if he can't, he's going to take. He'll steal from you. If you don't know who you are, here he comes. He's going to convince you you can't have. Somehow he's going to bring you into a, a realm of limits and leave you there. When the whole time you're called to a realm of possibility where all things are possible. All right, so with that said, today we're going to talk about, well, let's go to, let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. All right. Kind of feel punchy today. Got to watch out, man. I, all right. Feel punchy today. You didn't do that? What would you say? You didn't do that? All right. Well, I just, you know, I just, sometimes you just get, you just tired of it. Watching people getting ripped off. Watching people being taken advantage of and, and uh, you know, just accepting it like it's the way it is. That's the way life is. No, it doesn't have to be that way. Amen. So, we're going to look at a principle here. Um, let's just read it, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Matthew 12, I'm going to go to verse 33, read a half a dozen verses here. Now, of course, in context, he's talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees, of course, are messing with him again like normal. And uh, so he, uh, you know, is addressing them about some things. And then he makes a statement. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. That's kind of a dust statement, isn't it? I mean, when you stop and think about it, if I'm going to go up there and there's apples on that tree, that would make it a apple tree. Good job. If there's oranges on that tree, that would make it a orange tree. If there's plums on that tree, that would make it a... If there's cashews on that tree, they would make it a... Cashew. The point is, is a tree is known by its fruit. Now, he's talking to the Pharisees. He said, brood of vipers, in other words, you bunch of snakes. How can you be an evil? In other words, bad tree. Everybody say bad tree. So he's making a point. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, if the tree's bad, it's going to bear bad fruit. Are you still with me? Okay. A good man, out of the good treasure or deposit of his heart, brings forth good things. In other words, that person made a decision what kind of heart he wanted. So he's making the decision to make the tree good. If I make the tree good, amen, it'll bring forth good things. Still with me? All right. So he's, he's looking at them saying, you guys are giving yourself away by running your mouth. I know where you're at and where you're from. You're talking like you're some religious something or another, and you're not. You've been found out because you opened your mouth. You still with me? Hang on now. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure or deposit, in other words, making the tree bad, brings forth what? Evil fruit, right? Evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words 
you will be condemned. All right? Now, there's a possibility I may kick over a sacred cow or two today. You okay with that? But uh, how many know words are powerful? Come on, words are powerful. Um, you know, that's the thing. Uh, God said this is who you are, but you keep saying the opposite. God says you're an overcomer, but you say, I can't ever win or I can't ever overcome. God says you're more than a conqueror, but you keep talking about how you're, you're always overwhelmed. God says you're forgiven, but you keep talking about your, your sin. God says you've been redeemed and delivered, amen, but you keep talking about how you ain't. I know it's not proper English, but you get the point. Does anybody hear me? So you're talking one thing, and all you're doing is letting the enemy steal your identity because of your own words. The problem is, is uh, you know, we can sit here and try to fix words all day, but it starts with fixing the heart. All right? Now, words, let's just talk about words for a minute just because I think I'm not sure totally where this is going to go, but Proverbs 18 and um, verse uh, 20 and 21, I don't know, did I give you that? I think I did. Maybe I'll turn to it real quick myself. And um, out of the New King James, it says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. In other words, a man is sustained and lives by what comes out of his mouth. Okay? From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Okay? So you notice it's, it's all based on what comes out of his mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Still with me? And those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, if you're going to talk death, ruin, destruction, then guess what? That's what you keep eating. That's what you keep partaking of. You speak words of life, come on, that's what you partake of. Still with me? All right. All right. So... Um, the consequence, one translation, I'm not even sure which one here, I should have wrote it down, but the consequence of one's words determines what you're going to be filled with, good or bad. That's what it says. Now, words are a powerful thing. Let's go to another. Proverbs 6 and 2 says this, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken, that means, literally means taken captive by the words of your mouth. Everybody say your words. you got to guard what you say, right? Now listen, the power of words. Jesus brings out Matthew 15, verse 11. Amen. He says, it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out the mouth, this is what defiles a man. Come on. Now they're addressing him. They're all worried about what, how they eat and washing their hands. All. He said, listen, you're so concerned about what goes in the mouth, you should be a little bit more concerned about what's coming out your mouth. Still with me? This holds true to you and me. In fact, later on in this chapter, he brings out, amen, that everything's coming from the heart of man. All right, everything comes out of the heart. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything. Somebody's doing bad, have, having issues, and somebody says, well, but they got a good heart. No, they don't. Pastor, that's my loved one. Listen, if bad's coming out, then they need to change the heart. That's not, that's not a condemning statement. It's just the facts. We got we to gotta change that heart. Amen. Pro, or pardon me, in Proverbs uh, 4, which Solomon wrote this, he said, even the issues of life, he said, all the issues of life come out of the heart of man. There's a lot of issues out there. I mean, there's some people, that got their issues have issues. That's a lot of issues, right? But it's coming out of the heart. 
Somebody says, well, Pastor, what are you talking about, the heart or the mouth? Well, the mouth is what's critical because words produce things. Problem is, you can try all day long to change your mouth, but if you ain't changing the heart, when the pressure's on, you're going to say it anyway. Let's go back to uh, Matthew 12. And let's look at something here. All right? So you, you determine what, what you want to make. Now, how many want good, good fruit? Okay, so what do you, if you want good fruit, what are you going to have to have? A good tree. Now, how do you get a good tree? A good deposit, right? That's what it says in the Scripture. Now, actually... Proverbs uh, 12 brings out that, uh, that the root determines the, the fruit, which is, you know, so basically saying the same thing. So if you want to change the tree, then you got to change the root, or root, where I'm from, root. You all say root, I say root. Change the root or the root. Change the root, change the tree. Change the tree, you change the fruit. And so what comes out then is words of life, come on somebody, that begins to change your surroundings. So it's a progressive. So a lot of people are trying to change their words because they hear Pastor Jerry say about you got to talk life and not death. But the problem is the pressure's on, and because the root's never been changed, the tree's never been changed, because the tree's never been changed, the, the fruit's never been changed, the fruit's never been changed, it's inevitable that when the pressure's on, we're going to find out what kind of fruit you got, which then determines what kind of tree you got, which then determines what kind of root you got. Pretty, pretty deep. Root deep. No, never mind. All right. Anyway, the point is it. It's that simple. So how do you change that? Well, you're going to have to make deposits. Because he says you can change that, but you have to determine what kind of tree you want. Are you still with me? You got to determine that. You make, you determine what kind of tree you want. Well, no, God does. No, you do. You determine. He's given everything you need to change that. Come on. Like, for instance, you're going to have to actually believe what he says about you. You're going to have to meditate on that. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, all right. So, here we go. Let's look at this. Let's... Um, Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure or deposit of his heart brings forth good things. So you determine what you deposit in that heart, which then determines what you're going to bring forth. Got it? And a good man this way, an evil man that way. Verse 36, but I say to you, for every idle word a man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, by your words, by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. Not by his, by yours. He's not condemning you. He's not speaking evil over you, but you are. So your words are hurting you if you're speaking from the wrong tree. Got it? All right. Verse 36 again. But I say to you, for every idle word, that means literally uh, uh, barren, inactive, unemployed, useless, uh, non-productive word, that word, uh, their non-productive word that men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Now, I used to always 
kind of look at that, saying, you know, it's got to be, you know, one day you're going to answer for all your words. And I, I, I don't really think that's what he's talking about. This is where I might kick over a sacred cow here. Now, I do believe that if you go to heaven and you got an excuse, say, well, you know, uh, uh, this happened and that happened, and if this wouldn't happen, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how much space you get. I don't know if he says he allows you to sit and whine. I doubt it. You know, I, I'm kind of thinking that's probably not going to happen, but he probably knows what you're thinking, and you might get there and think, I just don't know why. this. And I, I think somehow you're going to get an instant replay. I don't think he has to say anything. I think all he's going to do is show you talking. That's all he has to do, just that glimpse or that, or that thought or somehow bring it up in, of you running your mouth about how it never works, it can't ever happen, it never works for me, it never works, blah, 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 And he's going to say, you're getting what you say. So now, so I believe there's some of that that's going to, you know, somehow work in there. I don't know, I, but I believe this verse is dealing with the here and now. You say, well, what's that mean? Well, he says, a non-productive, idle word, amen, that men speak will give account of it. The word give away or an account, that word there is the word logos, which means word. In other words, they're going to give account or give word of it in the day or the period of judgment. Everybody say judgment. Now, that word judgment is used multiple times through Scripture. Sometimes it's dealing with a sense of judgment, an accusation, something brought down. Uh, you know, you've been judged, but it's, it's a different, it's the same root word, it's not the same word. This one, uh, the, the root word is actually crisis or crisis, where we get our word crisis. In the day of crisis, in the day of the trial, the day of pressure, when the pressure's on. What he's talking about, you see, remember, he's talking to the Pharisees. And he says, your mouth gives you away. Because when the pressure's on, right now they're under pressure. They're sitting there talking to, the, talking to the, uh, the Savior, talking to Jesus, and they're trying to manipulate and catch him in a word, and he just, just starts speaking, and the pressure's on. And he says, listen, when you're under pressure, you give away where you're at. I know what side you're on. I know what you're for and what you're against. Because when the pressure's on, you talk. So do we. Somebody says, well, I just don't know what to do for this person. How about be quiet and let him talk? Huh? They give themselves up. We all do that. When you're under pressure, you have a tendency to say things that you say you don't believe. Well, I'm trusting God. Well, when the pressure's on, you don't sound like you're trusting God. It's like we talked about offering time. He's your shepherd. Amen, brother. The first time the pressure's on, you don't talk like he's your, he's your shepherd. You talk like you don't have a shepherd. The Word says you're the healed. But when the pressure's on, you don't talk like you're the healed. You talk like you're the sick. So when the pressure's on, it gives away through your words where you're at. Now, I'm just going to say this. 
That isn't always a bad thing. And I'm not just saying because sometimes you speak good words. I'm saying because it locates your heart. It locates where the problem is. Sometimes you're running your mouth because there's something in there that's defective. The tree needs to be changed. See, do you want victory or not? Listen, this ain't a trick question. Do you want victory or not? Do you want success or not? Do you want to get the promises manifested in your life or not? Well, then part of this has to happen where the tree has got to be changed so it bears good fruit. Because when it ain't bearing good fruit, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Because he's trying to tell you who you are and you keep saying the complete opposite. Now, he says, my thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not to be able to give you a future, to give you a hope. But you won't agree with me. You agree with the circumstance. You agree with how you feel. Sang a lot of songs about that today, about how you feel and how it looks. Well, I'm not moved by how it looks. I'm not moved by how I feel. Come on, right? Because sometimes I don't feel. Like it's going good. Some days it don't look like it's going good. Well, what are you going to believe? Now listen, we as good little word of victorians, we know how to answer that question. At least when the pastor's present. <laughs> right? We believe what God says. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. And if you will agree with what God said, remember, we're to agree as touching anything, it shall be given. That didn't say where you only agree on good things. We're to agree. Okay, you, who are you going to agree with? You're going to agree with the enemy or you're going to agree with God? We're to agree as touching anything, it shall be given. So if the enemy's trying to deceive you and you get in agreement with him, well, guess what manifests? And you can get mad at God all you want to, and it ain't going to change it. Somebody said, oh, Pastor, I came here to be, you know, edified today. Well, that's exactly what we're doing. Amen. Man, I'm going to pump you up. Everyone's got it. <laughs> Amen. This is how this works. All right? Let's look at, uh, let's see here. Go to Joshua 1. Put that, in fact, just put that verse up there. Joshua 1. Now, let's, so we know we got to change the tree if we, okay? So here we go. This is what he said to Joshua. Now, remember, Joshua is called to go in, uh, take the second generation the children of Israel, into the promised land to get what God had promised. Everybody say, God promised. God promised a promised land. See, it's a promise. Well, it didn't happen for the first generation, so God must have lied. It's still a promise for whoever's going to believe, whoever's going to get in agreement with it. 
Remember, the children of Israel, the first generation, didn't get in agreement with it. So what happened? He says, okay, you don't want to get in agreement with it? Fine. You walk around in a wilderness till the next generation comes, and I'll put it before them. Now, what would have happened if Joshua's group would have did the same thing? They wouldn't have went in either. The wilderness was not God's, that was not God's best. God was not, didn't bring them there so they could wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That was never God's intention. Read the book. It was his intention for them to come and to worship him. And then the scriptures were clear. It was an 11-day walk from where they were going to worship God till they walked into where they could see that promised land. 11 days, the scripture says. That took them 40 years. And the scriptures are clear. He said the 40 years was based on the one year for every day that those spies went in and spied out that land and you rejected what I offered. Now, again, I kind of maybe I'm too punchy for you today. Am I too punchy for you today? All right. So the next generation, he's letting Joshua know, listen, Moses is done. He's, done, he's gone. He's died. You're now taking the next generation. He gives him a whole list of everything he needs to do. One of those things is, he says this, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, you've got to get the word in front of you. Amen. And it can't, you can't let it depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way, then you will make your way, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, how many want good success? That means the desired results, what it means, okay? How many want uh, a way that's prosperous? Amen. Amen. That we, there ain't nothing about that tail end of that verse. There ain't, there, there ain't a person out that doesn't want that. We would like the, our way prosperous and good success in all that we do. Okay, so how do you get that? Whew. Well, it says you're going to have to get the word. We're just going to do it that way because New Covenant, just, he just refers to it as the word. The word in your mouth, come on, and how's that going to happen? You're going to have to meditate on it day and night. Now, that doesn't mean in the, in the light and in the dark. That just means in the good times and the bad times. That's what it means, okay? So regardless of the bad times, you still have to meditate on the right stuff. Why? Because you're changing a root. You change the root, you change the tree. You change the tree, you change the fruit. You change the fruit, you change your life. And if you want the good, the way prosperous way and the good success, then you're going to have to do it the right way. It's no different. We talked about again at offering time. You can't expect a harvest if you don't put a seed in the ground because that's the way it works. Everything produces after its own kind. It's how it works. It ain't, God ain't being critical. God ain't being, you know, hard on you. He's just saying this is how it works. He told the children of Israel, this is how it works. Joshua, if you want this to happen like it's supposed to, this is how it works. It's a simple thing, Okay. So you got to take that word, take the things I say, you got to meditate on it day and night, the good time and the bad time. Why? Because you're changing the tree. Why? Because you're changing the root. It's coming in through the root, changing the tree, change the fruit, change the fruit, change your life. Because it's inevitable that you're going to speak from your heart. You can, you can, you can, no, I was going to say something better than I say it that way. Um, you can manipulate the moment by saying the right thing. 
Now, we always want to say the right thing because words are powerful. But when the pressure's on, you're going to say what you really believe. And no matter how many times you say the right thing, if you never change the tree, the fruit eventually is going to be manifested. Well, man, how does this work? You're going to have to take what we've been talking about the last several weeks. How are you ever going to believe who you are unless you look at the manual that tells you who you are? You have got to take that in, and you've got to think about You've got to meditate on that. You've got to bring that in, renew your mind to it. You've got to begin to let it uh, begin to change your heart. As a man believes in his heart, so is he. So he exists. So he becomes. Why? Because it's what he believes inside that matters. If we can't change this, no matter what happens, it's going to be a mess. We've got to change this. You're going to have to keep hearing this guy that keeps talking about who you are. Yeah, I got to go to church. Yes. Yes, you do. You got to hear it. You got to open that book. We put, we put you know, uh, a reading schedule just so you read a chapter a day. Just read a chapter a day. I mean, it's not that hard. A chapter a day, that'll help. And then there's certain verses that, you know, uh, you know years ago, uh, what, what, what helped me was um, I had what they called, I should probably actually get them for you, but I had what they called word sticks. Now, I worked a job. I worked a, uh, at the time I was working um, a shaper uh, machine at a, at a mill and, and uh, running, running parts through a shaper. And, and uh, so I, you know, every day put in and put it in a jig, run the part, pull it out of a jig, put another piece in, run the part, just kind of this monotonous kind of you know, whatever. Well, you know, I'm working. What do you do? Well, how about meditate? You can meditate while you work. Say, well, I'd rather think about something else. Okay, then stay with the tree you got. And then don't get mad because the fruit's awful. Come on. And it produces something you don't like. Because just because you don't like it don't mean it's changing. Nowhere in that book it says it, it won't change, that it will change if you don't like it. You may absolutely hate your life, but just hating your life doesn't change your life. Am I too punchy today? You're all looking at me like, <laughs> leave me alone. See, Gideon could have sat there the whole time, kept, kept, Doing what he wanted to do by, by protecting his little, few little, you know, little wheat, whatever, you know, doing this in the wine press, hiding every year from the Midianites that could have done it till the day he died. And the whole time he was a mighty man of valor that did nothing with his life. Or he could believe what God said and go, okay, 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 and begin to believe it. And then all of a sudden he moves into it. Amen. Because you're changing the root, changing the tree, changing the fruit, changing your life. Well, I don't, I just want it to be instantaneous. I know we all do. I like the drive up window, personally. If we could get steak and lobster to drive up, I'd do it. 
I don't eat lobster, but some people do. But I do like a good steak once in a while. Oh, he's a red meat eater. Yes, yes, yeah. I am. Yeah. Anyway, somebody say, I can tell today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, the point is, you got to believe what he says. See, there's a lot of you still trying to get forgiven. There's a bunch of you in here still trying to get accepted by God. There's a bunch of you in here that are still trying to get God to love you more. You're already loved. In fact, he fell in love with you when you were a scoundrel. Yes, he did. You can't get him to love you any more than he does. You can't be more accepted than what you are. You're a part of the family, even though some of us don't want to claim it. You're accepted in the beloved. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. you got to believe that. Otherwise, you'll spend your life Spinning your wheels, trying to get something you already have available. But your words is what gives it away. Because the whole time you're forgiven and you're still saying things about how God is mad at you and God is upset with you and God's down on you and God is not, you know, you know, somehow he's, he's overlooked me or he's, you know, he's not doing his word or uh, time to change. See, where it's good is that it found you out. Now, I don't like it. I hate it when Trudy goes, Jerry, you know, you shouldn't talk that way. I'm like, oh. <sighs> Stop correcting me. See, some of you are thinking that right now. It's like, Pastor, stop correcting me. Listen, let's change the tree. We change the tree. You don't have to chase around trying to get the right words. Because they come. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth automatically speaks. That when all of a sudden that thing happens and you're going, my God provides. My God delivers. My God's on my side. My God never leave me nor forsake me. I mean, somebody said, well, now wait a minute. Nope, nope, God's with me. Uh-huh, he's my all in all, praise the Lord. This is the thing he's, he's doing in me lately. I consider him. I consider him. Somebody, something's going on, I go, oh, I consider him. My first consideration is him. I consider him. Well, what are we going to do about this? I consider him. So what would he do? I consider him. What's he already done? I consider him. What will he continue to do? That's who I consider. Anybody else? And I refuse to limit God. And sometimes I do, and I hate it. You may know what I'm talking about. You're going along and you say something, you go, oh, I know better. I hate it when I limit God. 
So I got I to work on that. I got to meditate on some more and go, wait a minute, I consider him. Pastor, what about this? I consider him. Well, what about, I consider him. He's my provider. He's my deliverer. He's my healer. He's the master of breakthroughs. He knows a thousand ways to turn that thing around and make it right, praise God. I consider him, praise God. So you got you to keep doing that. Why? Change the root, change the tree, change the fruit. If you do that, you'll change your life. But we try to do it backwards. We get a, we get a, you know, we see the list and the word says, love never fails. Oh, I hate that verse. Well, I really don't, but some people say, oh. I was going to tell me I got to walk in love. I walk in love with everybody. I love you. I love you. I love you too. I can't stand you though. I'd rather spit on you. I walk in love. I know you're thinking, man, what a, what a mean pastor. No. We've all been there. When you, want it, you know you got to walk in love. It's like that dangling you don't want to walk in love with i'd rather do something else but i gotta walk in love so people read that sometimes and they go i gotta walk in love i gotta walk in love i gotta walk in love i gotta forgive i gotta forgive i gotta forgive and what we do so many times we strain at trying to do the life See what I'm saying? And, and then we, we, we struggle, and then we're condemned because we're not really keeping up with it. So now you're fighting condemnation and guilt because you ended up saying something you wish you wouldn't have said again. And you do that enough times, pretty soon you're starting to go, why do I bother? But see, you're trying to change the life Instead of the root or the tree. And the way you do that is you got to meditate on it. I walk in love. Well, I struggle with that. Doesn't matter. I walk in love. Because love never fails. Love never fails. So love never fails. It never fails. If you go the love route, it never fails. I bear all things, believe all things. I believe the best in people. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. What are you doing? Working on the root. Love never fails. And it's easier to do this when no one else is around. Just thought I'd let you know that. <laughs> love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. I'm just saying, the good, the, day, the, the good and the bad, right? The day and the night. Come on and meditate on it. What happens? I start making my way prosperous. And I start having good success. Why? Because I'm changing the root, changing the tree, which then begins to bear the fruit. And the fruit is determined by your words. And if I can change those, and that's really coming from, my, from a good tree, it ain't hard to get results. But if we're saying something once in a while, and then when the pressure's on, we say something complete opposite. Did you know you just negated everything you'd said before? 
And chances are, in the pressure moment, is more about what you believe anyway. So the idea is, I've been found out because under pressure, I shot my mouth off and said, God must not provide, or God must not heal, or God doesn't deliver, or whatever. So I realized I got to go back to the root, take this, and meditate on it like he told Joshua. Meditate on it. Let it come out your mouth. Come on. It literally means to mutter it, to speak it. Now, take you back to that, you know, the mill. I don't think I finished that story. And the Spirit of God began to work on me years ago now. What are we talking? 30 years back now. And uh, he said, start to memorize my word. I'm thinking to myself, dude, you know what I used to do before I got saved? I don't think I got a lot of memory left up there. A few brain cells gone, you know what I mean? So, so I'm thinking, I, you know, I'd be real quick. I got about one verse down. That's about it. You know. I started one verse a day. That's what we did, one verse a day. And um, then the next day I did another one and quoted the one from yesterday and the next. Well, we got up to about, you know, 400-some verses or whatever it was. And I got, in fact, I got little what I called word sticks, and all they were is just something I'd hang right next to me where I was working in the mill. I had the reference, 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 reference. And I'd go through it as I'm working. I just go and I quote that reference. I'd quote the verse, quote the reference, quote the verse, quote the reference. That's what I do. I go down the line. That's what I did. Quote the reference, quote the verse, quote the reference, quote the reference, quote the verse, quote the reference. Somebody says, What? What are you doing? Changing the root. Change the root system, change the tree. If I do that, I'll change the fruit. And then the life changes. It automatically says you start, then you make your way prosperous and you have good success. Amen. So that's what I did. And I'd be doing it, and pretty soon, you know, you're thinking, okay, I quote the word, I quote the word. And, you know, at first, you know, you get, after a while, you know, you maybe get so many verses before the first break. And then you do break, you come back, you do it again for lunch. And pretty soon it got to be the point, praise God, oh, you got them. Glory to God. What do you want? How did you know where these were? <laughs> these are what I did. Okay, so a lot of these. And some of these are like Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. So it isn't like just each one's one verse. Some of these, I pretty soon I'm quoting a whole passage. And I'd go to the next one, I'd go to the next one, I'd go to the next one. And pretty soon I had to work at it to get them all done before the day was up. Because I'm, you know, I'm kind of competitive. So I'm like, I will get through all of these today. Somebody says, whatever. Well, there was a few days I thought maybe the same thing. Is this really helping. And then all of a sudden, one day, I'm working, all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding. The elevator went all the way up, finally. The bats flew out of the belfry. Lights came on. What happened? Revelation. It's like, so I run over to my Bible, I look at it, I go, and then it's like, now put that verse with that verse. Yes, I get it. What happened? The lights came on. 
revelation. God has a way in. Praise God. All of a sudden, praise God, that's what came out of my mouth. It changed my life. Listen, if I had to wait till I got to be a pastor for this stuff to work, you're all in trouble. Right? Anyway, so this is how it worked. So I'm, every day I'm doing that. I'm changing the root. If I change the root, I change the tree. If I change the tree, I change the fruit. My words start changing. Somebody says, you're a loser. Nope, I'm not. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm an ambassador. Get used to it. I work for the king. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. I'm a whole different, whole different kingdom, whole different, whole different realm, whole different family. Come on, somebody. Well, this is who you used to be. Doesn't matter. I, you know, I go home. Now I love my family, adore them, praise God. We have all great relationship, amen, but it used to be it wasn't always that way. Go home and I go, I'm not from this family. I'm really not from this family. And then said, one day it's like, I am from a family, family of God. And I'm, an, I'm a light wherever I go. doesn't matter if I'm with, you know, my blood kin in that sense. doesn't matter. I'm a new, amen, I'm of a different family. Come on, somebody. Yes. Listen, catch yourself. What are you saying? What are you talking? You're a new creation, a new species of being. If you're talking your past, like your past still has a hold on you, you need to meditate on this some more. Change the tree. Now, now wait a minute. I, no, 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 no. No, you are not your history. You are not your past. You are not your addiction. You are not your issue. Come on. You are not your mistake. Pastor, now wait a minute. No. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And you're going to have to meditate on that and get a revelation of it. So that when you start talking, you're saying the complete opposite of what you've been saying. Sometimes the reason we struggle with certain things is because we're still attached to it. With our conversation, you're free. Who the Son has made free is free indeed. So I walk in freedom. I walk in liberty. Amen. No more shackles. No more chains. Remember I told you it was a few weeks back, I told you about, you know, when I got, when I got saved, it was just kind of, a, I thought it was kind of, at least I thought it was a gimme, you just don't do drugs no more. Now, I wasn't heavy into drugs, I, mean, I wasn't like that, you know, but, but I just thought, you know, you probably don't smoke that anymore, and you don't probably pop those kind of pills anymore, and it's like, pfft, probably shouldn't do that anymore. Thank you, thank you, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to go back and redo this. Okay, let's go to Genesis. No. <laughs> well, it took a little while. My wife and I are married now four months, and, and uh, during that time, it wasn't necessarily the superb marriage that we have now. 
that we have now. That's right. Amen, sister. <laughs> so anyway, in the beginning, uh, Jerry still had a little struggle because he still thought he needed alcohol. And he needed to cuss like a sailor. Do sailors really cuss that much? I always blame it on sailors. Them sailors. Framers are worse, so framers. So I cuss like a framer. I cuss like a framer. All right. Anyway, I'll wait, wait, I got a son-in-law as a framer, so he better not be doing that. But anyway, anyway, so anyway, praise the Lord. So anyway, uh, you know, I had, you know, I had a, a potty mouth, and uh, it wasn't good at all. I'd made time with uh, my in-laws interesting because of my mouth. But after, you know, moving forward, figuring out who I am in Christ, pretty soon the alcohol was no more. Come on. The potty mouth began to cease. Come on now. And then we... Decided one day we're gotta we're gonna move. So we come to Oregon. Now we didn't originally plan to come to Oregon, we just ended up in Oregon because we ran out of states. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that, that we just, you know, we didn't know. We just know we just know we need to do this and we did it. Okay. So I can't say we were like Mr. and Mrs. Faith. We just knew in our heart if we we're gonna make it, we gotta make some changes. And we made some changes. So I get out here. Problem is, I still have a habit. Tobacco. Now, listen, we're not condemning anybody. That's not our point. I'm just saying, when I started finding out who it was, all of a sudden, little by little, all that stuff falls off. Your life changes. Why? Because you change the fruit. Because you change the tree. Because you change the root. And so one day, I'm just throwing in a dip and over a trash can, and I'm just, you know, I told the story before, but I'm just standing there, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just says, what are you doing? That's what God always says to me. I don't know what He says to you, but anytime there's any kind of thing, He always says, what you doing? That's what He says. And if He asks me what's, what I'm doing, it's not because He don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, if God asks you a question, it's not because He don't know the answer. He wants to know if you know the answer. So He says, what you doing? Nothing. He said, this is all he said to me. He says, I thought you were telling everybody how I can deliver them from anything. Oh, yeah, Lord. Okay. Yeah, he'll deliver you from anything. And I knew what he meant. I knew right off the bat what he meant. And I spit that out, and I was free. And I just, it, was, it was like all of a sudden, I was free. All right? So my point is this, not to, you know, it, it's, it just comes down to as you begin to make, you know, meditate on this, what God says, and, 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 and begin to mutter it and speak it and talk it, and, and, and then pretty soon what happens, that, that root system begins to, amen, change. And pretty soon it's changing the tree. As it changes the tree, the fruit automatically manifests off the type of tree that it is. 
And he says, we determine, based on your words, what kind of fruit it was, which then determines what kind of tree it was, which then determines what kind of root system you got. So we're changing all that. So how do you do it? Chew on it, meditate on it, keep talking it, keep muttering it, keep speaking it, keep, come on, right? And pretty soon, everything begins to shift and change. Did you get something today? Yeah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. You know, um, Pastor Jerry makes references of physical addictions, you know, alcohol, drugs. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, all those kind of things. But you have to realize, for a lot of people, they're addicted to hopelessness. Right. They're addicted to depression. They're addicted to discouragement. Or that's their lifestyle. But it's the same method of deliverance whatever the vice is, mm -hmm. whatever the vice is. Yeah. And you need to pinpoint, you know, I never have hope about anything in my life. Or negativity. Negativity, or gossip, yeah. you know, uh, whatever it is. You need, to re you need to make an analysis of what is working through me. What is coming through me? Because if what's coming through me or where my mind is at is not a godly thing, I need to change this route. Okay? Because depression and oppression and um, hopelessness or disappointment or fear. Some people are addicted to fear, worry, anxiety. The list goes on and on. If it's not an attribute of God, you need to change the route. Amen. Good word, Trudy. Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Appreciate that. We probably only got about halfway on this one today, but, but did you get something today? Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we give praise and glory once again. We're thankful for these principles. We're thankful, Lord God, for your word. We're thankful for your promises. We're thankful, Lord God, for what your word says about us and who we are and what we can do. And as we tap your word, that realm of possibility, all things become possible. Father, I'm thankful that today this people had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Forgive us for the times that we kind of let you know, the wrong stuff come out of our mouth and maybe we've meditated on the wrong things, but we know that you're faithful and just to forgive and we, we receive it. We thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, that we walk in the righteousness of God in right standing with you based on what Christ did, based on what our Lord and Savior has done. We receive that, we give thanks for it. And we purpose today to move forward with this. Change the root, change the tree, change the fruit. Hallelujah. Change our life. And Father, I give praise and I give glory for it in the name of Jesus. Now, if you're here today. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.